Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. Father, this morning we are thankful to you as always that you have blessed us in this place to have the Word of Truth. You blessed us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and we receive light every time we come together, every time we come together, on Sunday, on Wednesday, just lighting up our hearts and our minds so that we can see you more clearly and see ourselves better and also see why we're here. And so we want to thank you today. We want to bless you and praise you today for the light that you bring to us. We want it. We hunger. We thirst for righteousness. We thirst for what's right and what's true. And Lord, as you said, Jesus, that if we hunger and thirst for these things, it will be filled. So we're thanking you in advance today for teaching us and guiding us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When something that everyone in here or that sits under the portion of Jesus's ministry that I'm responsible for, you always have to recognize some things and that in some way or another, I'm going to deal with roots, plants, foundations, building. That's just what my portion is. And whatever it happens to be is going to be laying something and going to be building on it. So you have to keep that in mind. That's always going to be that way when it comes to what God does through me. And I'm always looking for the, I don't know, if maybe least common denominator is the best way of putting it. You know, if you have one half and one third and you want to add them, well, you can't, you know, just add the top and you have two over five. That's not going to work. You got to find the least common denominator, right? So you got to find something that's going to be common for those bottom numbers. And then, you know, you multiply and you're able to, to put things together. And I just I for me, I won't stop until I find, you know, what the bottom line is that God has for something. And that's what I'm that's just what in my mind. My thinking is carved out that way. I want to get to the root. I want to get to the heart of things. I want to get to what God desires. And that's the, that's my quest in life. And it's my quest in ministry. And so that's the way things come across and come out of me. So I, I say that this morning because I want you to understand that. Today, we're going to look at something that's called simple obedience. Simple obedience. Simple obedience. And you, if you've been here during the course of this year so far, I've alluded to some of what I'm going to share with you this morning because, I, matter of fact, during the month of January, I kind of wanted to slide this in at some time, and it just didn't feel like it was right to do it, and I feel it's right to do it today. It, you'll probably hear some more of this carried out during the rest of the year sometime, but we need to stick this in this morning. So we're going to read, first of all, from Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. And then we're going to go to Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be very simple, very easy to understand. And in some ways, I'm going to be sharing with us an outline that will help us with this simple obedience. Many of us talk about obedience and how important it is. But you know something I'm finding out? That they are very, 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 very small things. Sometimes we can overlook the simple things because we're looking for something deep and complicated. And you're going to find out this is very simple. It's been in our face all the time. Every time we read Colossians chapter 2 in our lives, it's been right there. <laughs> been right there. So anyway, <laughs> wow. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You want to save your place there? Let's go over to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh 
and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. And notice this for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. All right. Now, I want to take the scripture in Colossians chapter two. I want to read it again. And then I want to read from a few different translations that will, I think, be kind of cool. All right. So as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, this is New King James. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. I want to read from the Amplified, some of your favorite translations, some of you here. (laughs) I heard that. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives and conduct and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you have been taught, abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. I want to read from Barclay's translation. It says, the tradition you have received is that of Jesus as Messiah and Lord. Your whole life and conduct, therefore, must be that of men who are indissolubly linked to him. You must live as men who have their roots in him and whose life is founded on him and who are continually being reinforced by the faith which you were taught. And all the time you must be overflowing with gratitude, overflowing with gratitude. Johnson, Ben Campbell Johnson reads this way. Keep on building your style of life on the relationship you have with Christ. On this foundation, stack the brick and mortar of your daily choices. And as I taught you, sing and shout and celebrate as you lay one brick on another. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Uh, All right. And one more. Uh, Arthur S. Way. In the same spirit, then in which you accepted the Messiah, Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in union with him. Be like trees, fast-rooted, like buildings steadily rising, feeling his presence about you, and ever, for to this your education has led up, unshaken in your faith and overflowing with thanksgiving. Now, this is a real important scripture because It gives us basically four points of obedience. Now, I know sometimes when we look at the scriptures, we don't think about obedience in certain scriptures that we read. Now, how many of you really, if you you think about the scripture and you've read it, how many of you have thought about the things in it being things that you should obey? Probably not. But there are four points in here that are so important. And... I believe one of the reasons why it becomes so important, because when we look at what's in these scriptures, they have everything to do with the rock solidness of our faith and being able to stand and keep moving forward in God. And I, I, you know, gosh, God help us. Because, you know, we've made Christianity so much more difficult than it really is. And it's just not hard. So let's let's look at this. Let's break these points down here a little bit. And notice the first thing he said here, he said, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Now, think about it. Every single one of us, we came to Christ and we came through the word that was delivered to us, didn't we? Some of us came because whatever, somebody told us something and it just struck our hearts. Someone else told us Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right. Somebody may have told you that Jesus has shed his blood for you. And of course, that's in the scriptures. And that word struck your heart. All right. When that word struck your heart, what did you do? You believed. 
All right? And you, you just said some, in some form or another, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, or Jesus, come into my heart, be my God, I receive you. All right? But now look at this. What happened after you did that? Well, um, it may have happened immediately to some of us. The enemy came along and started lying to you. Well, you think you are. You know what kind of life you live? You think it's that simple to get saved? And beside that, after you made that confession, you had the thought that was part of the life that you were living before. Who do you think you are? And what did you and I learn to do? We learned to roll right back on that word that we received the Lord in, and we learned to stand on it. And over a period of time, no matter what lie came at you telling you that you were unworthy, you really didn't do anything, you're no good, you, you took that word and you stood on it, and it became rock solid on the inside of you. So that now, if someone came to you and said, you know what, well, your salvation ain't real, it ain't nothing, the blood of Jesus ain't nothing, you're like, <laughs> Because what you did is you received that word in faith, and then you kept walking on it. Amen. Isn't that right? Now, check out what God said here. He said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. So what he's telling us, a life of faith is really not as difficult as we made it to be. Hello. If we look back at the way we received the Lord and he's saying, "Okay, just live the rest of your life like that. You find what God has said. Take it, embrace it. And no matter what things look like around you. Oh, no matter what your circumstances are doing or crying out and trying to tell you something's different, you just keep walking. Hello? Now, to me, that sounds pretty simple. Now, things are going to come at you just like they did when you received Jesus as Lord. Something's going to come at you and tell you, you're crazy. That stuff don't work. Who do you think you are? Whatever. And you just got to keep walking. You go right back to whatever word that is in whatever area of your life, and you just keep walking in it. Now, notice, God said to do that, not making it optional, but he said, this is what I want you to do. So as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him that way. All right. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says what? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation that can't change. If you stepped into Christ, then you became a new creation. All right. And many of us learn to fall back on that when things come at you. And folks, there are a lot of things coming through the airwaves even now. And if you have been around a long time in the things of God, there are so many things floating through the airwaves right now that are challenging to your thinking. And we are always going to have to roll back to that word. And it becomes a paramount importance for us to, to remember what we did when we received the Lord Jesus and to keep walking that way. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just want to keep walking. Not yet. You're sitting down. Just tell them, keep walking. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Keep walking. I like the way that God put it through Solomon. He said, don't turn to the right or to the left. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. That part of it becomes a matter of trust in what God has said to us. We don't have to make things happen. We just need to agree with him and stay with the program. And I'm sure that along the way, he'll share things with us where we need to make adjustments. But the key in our thinking has to be we're not going to change or come off of what he said. That's our part. He can't do that for us. So as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Romans 10, 9 through 11. We read it. We, we quoted it. All right. Go to it. And then verse 11 says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. All right. Now, so that's the first point. All right. We're to walk this way in all the areas of our lives. Point two. Look at what he says, being rooted and built up in him. So he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Check that out. Rooted and built up in him. So becoming rooted and built up in him is not an option. 
See, and there's some Christian people that haven't known that or known what to do to be rooted and built up in him. And so they live their life based on an experience or even things that they do in and for the church. But they become like those seeds that Jesus talked about in Mark chapter four. The sower sows the word. Satan comes immediately to take out the word which was sown and tells us the things that he brings to do that. And so if we're not working on being rooted and built up in him, when that stuff comes, the bird's going to eat the seed. Or the thorns are going to choke it. Something's going to happen to where what you started out with gets challenged and you don't push on to perfection. So notice he says rooted and built up in him. This is important. Very important. This this kind of stuff just slides by the minds of many believers. And unfortunately, we don't have enough preaching and teaching and ministry yet. It's coming to make these things, bring these things to light in the minds of Christian people. Notice we're supposed to be growing in two directions at the same time. He said, really? Yeah. Deeper and higher. We're supposed to be growing both ways. (laughs) Our roots are supposed to be going deeper and the building is supposed to be going higher. The roots are to be going deeper. The edifice is to go up higher and stronger. The roots are to go deeper. The tree is to grow up higher and stronger. And the tree is to become to a point where it bears fruit. That's why Mark 4 is not just about getting saved. It's about fruit bearing. When Jesus spoke that parable about the sower sowing the word, he wasn't just talking about being saved. He was talking about people growing up into a place where they become productive and bear fruit, where somebody can come pick off of your tree something to eat and be nourished. And that's supposed to happen in every Christian life, every Christian life, every Christian life, every Christian life. Ain't no barnacles in the body of Christ. God ain't mean no barnacles, nobody to be sitting on the side of a ship or some parasite or something. No, 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 no. Everybody's supposed to grow up and be productive. Come up into being a tree, apple tree, pear tree, olive tree, I don't care what it is, where, where there's fruit that grows on it and somebody can come partake of it and say, mm, oh, that tastes like salvation. Mm, that tastes like health and wealth. Mm, that tastes like love. Mm, that tastes like success. Mm, that tastes like being led by the Holy Spirit. Mm, that tastes good. That tastes like God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So we're to grow in two directions simultaneously. Now notice, rooted and built up in him. Here we come right back. To this in Christ stuff. Those are not just words that are put on a page rooted and built up in him. So listen, listen, listen. (laughs) I'm supposed to go back to this stuff that tells me about who God says I am in him. That's why this stuff becomes so important. It's the most important stuff in our Christian lives. We can be interested in a number of different things in the scriptures, and that's wonderful. It's fine. But if you're going to be rooted and built up, it's got to be in him. If you don't do it, it's not going to happen. You won't be strong. It's just not going to happen. And for every believer, it's going to have to be strong because stuff going to come. Challenges are going to come. Slipping and falling are going to come. What are you going to do? You're going to lay there or you're going to get up and keep running. There's nobody that hasn't missed it. But what determines where you, whether you get to where you're supposed to or not is whether you've got what's in you to be able to get up and keep moving. And there's some people don't have what's in them to be able to get up and move. It's there, but they don't know what to do with it. And nobody's showing them what to do with it. Hallelujah. So rooted and built up in him. If I were a believer just getting started 
Or if I were a believer that didn't know and understand what we're sharing today, I would tell them, here's what you do. You go and find in these New Testament letters every scripture that talks to you about what happened to you with Christ or with him. Why that? Because, folks, what needs to be set first in our thinking and in our hearts is our union with him and our identification with him and his identification with us in that redemptive work. That becomes so important because so many people don't know who they are. Identity is a big issue. It's the biggest issue in mankind's deal. You don't know who you are. If you don't know who you are, anybody can tell you anything and you think, <laughs> if you don't know who you are, anybody can tell you anything. And folks, every one of us in some way or another has had somebody or some peoples coming through our life's pathway trying to tell us who we are or who we're not. Starting right inside of many of our houses, many of our parents may have told us, you ain't never going to be nothing. You're going to be just like your sorry daddy. Isn't that a wonderful thing to tell a child? And then keep reinforcing that foolishness. And so when the child grows up and they don't want to do nothing and don't look to do anything and don't try to become something, we get surprised. And want to beat them all through the neighborhood <laughs> when somebody been planting that, been planted that seed in them and watered it for God knows how many years. And we want to get mad. They don't want to work. That sorry thing. And he just reinforces sorry thing, sorry thing, sorry thing. Why you think they're acting like a sorry thing? Somebody put that in them where they didn't, have, they didn't have any defenses against it. See, so important. See, I see these little guys here. See these young people. These, these little. This they need to be told. Listen, your success going somewhere to happen. You gonna make it in life. You have something to offer someone. God puts someone in you. He puts something in you. It's going to be good for everybody around you. You're smart. You're wise. You're intelligent. You're beautiful. Why can't we do that? Why, why, what's so hard about telling somebody that? It's not. So that's what we need to do. We need to do. I could these three young men right here. I tell them, look, man, I call them champions for God. Wherever I see them, they're just my champions. That's what I call them. They don't call you champions. They don't want to tell you. You champions. That's what I call you, champions for God. See, so we've got to get what God says about us and receive it and make, let it shape our insides so that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are in union with Christ. And then what comes after that is we start looking at what all these other scriptures talk about, about being built up in him. So all we've got to do is look back to what the scriptures are saying about the Lord and take our place in him. And this is a lifelong process, but it's got to be done. Can't shirk it, can't get around it. And remember, this is a part of simple obedience. <laughs> you say, well, I'm not interested in that stuff. Well, you need to talk to the Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> he's the one that had it written on the pages of this book. You need to talk to the Holy Ghost. That's what you need to do. If you ain't interested, you need to help. Say, Lord, help me get interested. <laughs> All right? So, our roots with Christ, with him, in Christ, in him, through Christ, etc. These scriptures represent who we are, what we have, what we can do, and what the Holy Spirit can do through us. Most important stuff in the, in the New Covenant. Most important stuff in the Bible. Point three. Notice he says, established in the faith as you have been taught. Oh, Lord. And no, notice this is real interesting here. It doesn't say established in faith. There's a definite article in front of faith. That's important. It's important. People just read that never catches their attention. 
The faith, not just established in a faith walk, but established in the faith. Somebody said, hmm, okay. To be established means to confirm, to make secure, or to make stable. So he says to be uh, established, to be confirmed, make secure, or made stable in the faith as you have been taught. All right, so first of all, we have to uh, know that we've been taught about the things that are a part of the faith. Now, I'm not going to give a whole bunch of scriptures on that, but I'm going to give you some because we have to understand as God's people that the faith represents the entire instruction regarding our redemption in Christ. I was reading and I, I remember when this is years ago when this first when I first started catching this. See, I like I read with a magnifying glass. I don't mean because my eyes are bad. I'm reading them because I'm wanting to see what's there. And I kept seeing the faith, the faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. No, there's got to be a reason that that definite article was put in front of there. And I said, oh, so God is talking to me about all of this thing that encapsulates what it means to be a Christian, starting out with the most important things about who Jesus is, what he came to do, and how he drew me into him to accomplish that for me and have me identify with him. And then as I grow up into him, the resurrected Lord, I'm able to walk certain things out in my life. Let's just look at a few scriptures here. Look at the book of Acts with me, because I just want, I want to show you this because it's really important. Acts chapter 6, uh, verse 7. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the light. All right. And the Bible says here, the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. All right. There it is right there. All right. Another scripture in Acts, Acts chapter 13, verse 8. But Elemis the sorcerer, for so his name by interpretation, so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Not just a faith walk, but from the faith. All right? Another scripture, Acts 14, verses 20 and 21. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they came, excuse me, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, verse 23 as well, I apologize, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. All right, let me give you one more, because there's, there's a lot more. Jude 1. Matter of fact, we read one from Romans 1 earlier. But Jude, Jude 1. This is one I really like where this is concerned. I want you to like it, too. <laughs> Jude 1. The ser Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. So now when you read that, you're not just reading about mechanics of faith. You're reading about now that's included in that. But that's not all that it is. It's included in that. The faith is much bigger. It has to do with Jesus and sacrifice, his resurrection from the dead, which is the pivot point of Christianity, because without his resurrection, nothing, nothing is worth anything. Right. And his resurrection is everything. And that we've been raised up together with him and made to sit with him in heavenly places is everything, too. And that we're going to rule and reign with him. See, all this stuff becomes important because what it does is it paints a picture of who we are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And if we don't see it, we don't understand that. So it becomes very, very difficult, almost impossible, but to be rooted and built up and established. How are you going to do it if you don't have the bricks to work with or you don't know the bricks to work with that God gave you to work with? <laughs> Hallelujah. OK, so now point four, he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Oh, look at there. So remember, simple obedience. He said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Now, notice, as you have been taught, I left this out. I, I got to go back to this as you have been taught. And no, particularly here, us the covenant love. God has spent a lot of time teaching us about who we are in him. So notice he says, as you have been taught. That means we're going to have to go back into the things that God has been teaching us about that over these years. And see, the way that God does it around here is he takes something and we might take a year. Some, there's some things we've taken, taken a long time and just. And so he says, now, as you have been taught. See, we all should be well equipped to deal with anything that will come our way and try and tell us, you ain't nobody, you ain't nothing, you ain't never going to be nothing. You can't love nobody. You just, you, just, you jerk, you, you can't do. We, we should be well equipped to deal with that foolishness. Amen. But see, we're going to have to take what we've been taught. We can't forget it. We're going to have to go back to it. Are you all there? We're going to have to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And move it around on the inside and work with it and push on it and pull it. Throw it, grab it, whatever you got to do in your situation, you know, throw it up against the wall and go get it. <laughs> whatever it takes. But whatever God has taught us, We got to go back on the web and get it. If we got to go find some cassette tapes and get it. If we got to go get some of the printed material and get it. If we got to go get the CDs and get whatever we have to do, we've got to go back to. Because that's the command of God. As you have been taught. As you have been taught. As we have been taught. As we have been taught. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught. And then he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. My, my, my. This is really interesting. <clears throat> abounding with thanksgiving. Not complaining, not griping, not moaning and groaning. He says abounding. Now, abounding is a real interesting word because that means a whole lot. So Thanksgiving, I remember uh, some messages that we taught a number of years ago. Thanksgiving, the anthem of the believer. Some of you might remember. it. But anyway, the Bible is so full of. Scriptures that instruct us to be thankful. And to abound in Thanksgiving, the Old Testament is full of Psalms is full of it. About Thanksgiving. Amen. Thanksgiving. And I found something really, really interesting. And I remember years ago when I started looking into this more deeply, I started looking at Paul's letters. And it was amazing to me how much he talked about thanking God and being thankful. And you'll find out in most of his letters at the beginning, somewhere in the beginning, either a part of his salutation or very shortly after, he's always giving thanks. Always giving thanks and always encouraging thanks to be given to God. It's amazing. And let's look in the mirror and our situations that we deal with sometimes. How many of us are thanking God for what he's promised or what he's spoken yeah. 
as opposed to either being sorrowful, sad, or complaining about what we're dealing with. We need a checkup from the neck up on this, every one of us. Yeah. Now, God doesn't tell you to be thankful for the test or for the trial. He doesn't tell you to be thankful for what the devil's doing in your life. He doesn't tell you to be thankful for sickness and disease or poverty and life. He doesn't tell you to be thankful for those things. He tells us to be thankful to him, to be thankful for what we have, and to be thankful for what he's spoken in his word, that that may come to pass in our lives. Okay, we're going to finish with this today. Somebody said, what? Yeah. <laughs> the highest form of prayer and faith is thanksgiving. Amen. The absolute highest. There's a reason why, too. All right, let's just look at a few scriptures here. Second Corinthians 2.14. Many of us are familiar with this scripture. The thing that amazes me sometimes when I look about at this and think about it, the guy that God had write this stuff was a guy that was just getting beat up and pummeled all over the place and having to stand through all of it in order to get to us what we have right there. And the cat just wouldn't quit, wouldn't let his lights be put out. There wasn't any temptation, test or trial. And he said, I'm not going to, you know what, I'm just going to give in. He would say, we're distressed, we're perplexed, we're, we're persecuted. On every side, we got stuff going on. But he said, we're not going to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. We're going to give thanks to God. You think about it. Think about it. You just think about that prison that they were in. They just, you know, that comes to many people's minds. And being in them, in them chains, and they just started singing praises to God. Dear Lord, some of us got some things going on in our natural lives and things that are chaining us, so to speak, chaining. Right. And who sings a hymn? Who sings a song? Who sings a song of deliverance? Who sings a praise to God? Who gives a thanksgiving to God Hallelujah. for getting out of that? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, God, I'm tired of this mess. I don't have enough of this. I'm tired of this. It ain't fair. No, God. Uh, I didn't see that written there in Colossians 2.7. <laughs> I just didn't see I didn't see that there. <laughs> just like you, I got to remind myself. Like Billy and Sarah Gaines had this song, I will remind myself what he's done for me. We got to remind ourselves of what to do. We got to remind ourselves. We have to remind ourselves. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians 2.14, now Paul said, now thanks be unto God, who every now and then, oh, my bad. Good Lord, look at how definite that is. He said, who always causes us to triumph in Christ and diffuses through us. We, we're, diff we're diffusers of the resur resurrection victory. So then what he's saying is that there ain't nothing is too hard. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus, no matter what we're facing. This is what he said. But he said, here's, here's on the front end, thanks to God, who always causes us to win in Christ and makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. So that what he's saying is that everywhere we go, it, we're like diffusers going all around. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, work, gas station, store, highway, everywhere we go, we're, diff we're diffusing frankincense. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just peppermint's coming off of us. <laughs> Myrrh is coming off of us. <laughs> Stress away coming off of us. Lavender just <sighs> filling the air <laughs> with orange, lemon, <laughs> just filling the air. Fill, excuse me, filling the air. My bad. Okay. We're diffusers. That's what he said. We're, we're diffusers. So that means everywhere we go, we're not giving off a frown. We're not giving off defeat. He said, we're boasting about the resurrection. Because in the resurrection is where our victory is. He was raised from the dead. 
Do you know what happened where he was at and what he was in when he was dead and separated? And what he God brought him out of? Every one of our issues was there. And because he was raised from the dead, I know this ain't Resurrection Sunday yet, but you see, we got to talk about these things all through the year, you know, not just Resurrection Sunday. The resurrection, you go look at those messages that those, those apostles preached in the book of Acts, you'll find just about all of them, they mention the resurrection of Jesus. See, so when we talk about being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, we're supposed to have eyes and an understanding of what happened in the resurrection. If you don't understand what happened in the resurrection, you'll never think victory. But if we think about what happened in the resurrection and what he overcame in the resurrection, it's like, oh, look at that. So I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. I said, I'm not a loser. I said, I'm not a loser. I'm a winner because he already won. Well, I was raised up together with him. And that? that's what the Bible says, right? Come on now. Hallelujah. So he said, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Well, what's 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 a, 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 another scripture here? Let's see. Colossians 1 12. Colossians 1 12. Giving thanks to the father who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. See, what that's to do is to trigger something in my thinking when I read it. I'm going to give thanks to God. Why? Because he made me a, a partaker or a sharer of the inheritance of the saints in light. So what I should be looking for is, okay, what is in the inheritance of the saints in light? Because that's what I'm going to be giving God thanks for that belongs to me. Hello? Hello? See, all these things are connected. And then as I have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so I walk in him. Oh, I found that out. He wants me to be healthy. Oh, look at that. Give me that. <laughs> it's right. I ain't talking to God. I'm just saying, give me that. Commanding it in my environment. Give me that. Because it's mine. I don't have to even pray about getting it. It's mine. Because it's already been taken care of. That's why we give thanks. Because we're not trying to get something. I jumped far ahead already. We're not trying to get something or manufacture something. What we're doing is realizing that it's already done. That's why thanksgiving and praise, thanksgiving, thank you, Lord. That's why it's the highest form of prayer and faith, because I'm saying, you know what? You already did it. It's already done. So that's why he says abounding in thanksgiving. We're reminding ourselves as we're doing that, and we're also, we're waging all kind of victory against the enemy. Because he can't stand the praise. He can't stand the praise. He can't stand the thanksgiving. It drives him nuts. He left that environment and traded it for something else, and he can't get back in it. Think about him being the anointed cherub. And being right up in the middle of it, and he, he thought, I'm so beautiful, I can just toot my own horn. And it cost him everything. And he can't get back in there. So now he gets tormented. When we start giving thanksgiving and praise instead of complaining. Instead of griping. Instead of fault finding. He gets tormented. We should want to torment him every day and remind him of what his future is. We sh that's what we should be doing. But see, we got to fix our minds on that. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We got to put that helmet of salvation on there and, and, and let it, you know, cause everything that comes at our head, it's not like to bounce off. Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on now. Come on now. Hallelujah. So he said, thanks to the Father, he's qualified you to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. First Thessalonians 5, 18. This is a big one. This is a big one. <laughs> Hallelujah. He gives us a number of different exhortations in that little portion of Scripture in chapter 5. But then he says here, 
in everything, give thanks. Oh, somebody said, well, I want to know the will of God for my life. Can you tell me the will of God for my life? I want to know the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? What's the will of God? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. This is the will of God. <laughs> in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? It's the will of God. So do I want to go against the will of God? <laughs> no, no. So whatever I'm in, he says, in everything, whatever, you know, the circumference in my life, whatever surrounding me, I'm in it. He said, in it, no matter what it is, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, in it, in everything, not for everything, in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God. What am I thanking God for? I'm thanking him for what he's already done. Right. I'm thanking him for what already doing. Somebody said, I want to walk by faith. You want to walk by faith? Well, you want to thank him for what he's already done. Yeah. I'm going to thank him for what he's already done. If I'm going to walk by faith, I'm going to thank him for what he's already done, and I'm going to walk like it's already done. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 I didn't say reason the circumstances, nothing like that. God didn't say that. He said, thank you for what he's already done. All right. So in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then he tells us, even in our intercessions in 1 Timothy 2.1, <laughs> I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and... Giving of thanks be made for the people that you like and love and adore. Oh, look at there, all men. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Pray for them and then God, thank you, Lord. Because <laughs> what I'm praying over, I'm thanking that you're going to bring it to pass. Oh, boy, I don't like that Joe Biden, dude. Well, I'm going to pray for him. Thank you for him, Lord. Thank you for opening his eyes. I can't stand President Trump. Well, pray for him. Thank God for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for them and their families. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you for opening their eyes. Thank you for guiding him in the way that's right. You won't get into some intercession? You're going to have to put Thanksgiving on the end of it when you pray for other people. All right. <laughs> I don't want to do it, Lord. <laughs> you can't. I don't want to do it. No, Lord, no. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> you ain't no pr real prayer warrior, are you? <laughs> this is what God said. I'm just telling y'all what God said. That's all I'm doing is I'm telling you what the Lord said. It's right there written. It is written. <laughs> okay, so now. In the majority of Paul's letters, he offers thanks to God as a part of his salutation and or his prayer for the churches that he's writing to. We're not going to go through all of these. We'll pick some of them out. But you may want to look at all of them. Write, some, write them down because it's every single, almost every letter of his. In some way or another, he's thanking God. Amen. Romans 1.8. After all that wonderful stuff he said in those first handful of verses, check out what he did. His salutations to the church at Rome. And after that, after he got done, verse 8, he said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He said, I'm thanking God for all of you. <laughs> wow, man. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given to you by Jesus Christ. So, you know what? He's expecting people to receive the grace of God. Yes. And I'm thanking God that you receive his grace. Wow, wow, wow. Ephesians 1.16. Boy, oh boy. What is just it would change the total outlook of our lives. Yes. It would run discouragement off. In many ways, Hallelujah. hopelessness, yes. drive it away. Verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So much of the mentioning 
of people that he made in his prayers was by thanking God for them. Lord, I thank you for so-and-so. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Aaron. I thank you he's growing up as a mighty man of God in Jesus. I thank you for him. I thank you the light's all running all in him in Jesus. I thank you for the light. I thank you for the light. I thank you for TJ, Lord. I thank you. I thank you you're moving in his life. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for him. I thank you that you've shown him how to receive your grace and goodness. It's not by works of righteousness, which he's done, but it's by your grace that you saved him. So thank you for bringing him to life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you he's an obedient son of God. Thank you, Lord. From a child of God, growing up into a son of God, thank you that he's obedient in your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But that even takes a bunch of the strain out of your prayer life. Struggle out of it. Because you done turn it around and you're focusing it on what God said to do and not on what whoever they, what they are and what they're doing or not doing, but you're thanking God for what he's spoken about them and into their lives and what you took that he said about it and praying it for them. And now you're giving thanks. Wow. Wow. See, that's why in, 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 the, in the church, in the, in, the, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, our praise and worship needs to be on focus and on point. And then everybody needs to be involved. And once people get a God's eye view of what we're talking about here, you can't help but want to be involved. And if you're not, something's the matter. Amen. That was a loud amen, but anyway. It was real loud. Philippians 1, 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So he said, when you come to mind, <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> but I want to thank God for him. He said, upon every remembrance. Wow. Wow. All right, let's slide through. Let's, let's get the last one in Philemon. Y'all look at these, please. These are, these are just wonderful. Philemon 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Now, listen, listen. Here's something. This just popped up. If there are people in the church, in the body of Christ, that you know are faith people and loving people, let's do them a favor. Let's thank God for them. And let's, let's let that Thanksgiving help strengthen and fortify what they're doing. Because you know what? Everybody gets challenged with discouragement. I don't care how much faith you're walking in or how much love you've been walking in. Everybody gets challenged. And so our thanks can be a strength to somebody else. Because, you know, there are people that do it right. But you know what? In the back of their mind, they be thinking, you know what? Why am I doing this? There's so many people don't give a they don't, they don't give a rip about what I'm doing. They don't care. So, you, know, you know, they may think, why should I keep on doing this? There are times I've thought like that. You said, really? Yeah. You just think about it. A lot of times, people don't think about the way pastors and ministers would, would get challenged with, the things they get challenged with. Think about this. You spend a, a, the greatest portion of your life ministering to people, giving, I mean, pouring your guts out. Giving them stuff, giving them food, giving them money, giving them counsel, and they just leave and don't say goodbye. Just, just leave and don't even say they're leaving. Just bye. You, you think about that, and you think about that over the course of God knows how many years and God knows how many people being ungrateful and unthankful. Do you think that would make you want to continue on? No. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. That's right. So those thoughts are challenging, and they're challenging to faithful ministers because this stuff happens all over the place. You think about, you, I mean, you think about folks that are in a, in a place like this, and they see what's going on and see, oh, but it don't matter to them that they just take themselves, they take their gifts, they take their tithes, they take their talents, and just leave. 
Just leave. Don't even think about, you know, how it's going to affect things. Just leave. Just leave. That's right. And not even say goodbye. That's challenging. Yeah, it is. It really is. It really is. It really, really, really is. <laughs> it really is. For real. See? But you got to keep going. 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 See? So that's why if we stand up and tell you about keeping going, it ain't like we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just don't kind of toss that in. Okay. So now here's the bottom line of this. Everything has been accomplished by the finished work of Christ. There's nothing left to do but thank God for all he's done. That's all that's left to do. <laughs> Remember, you can't add to or take away from anything that the Lord has done. It's all finished. Fini. It's done. So now as we take what that's, that, is, that has been done and finished and we start incorporating that in our thinking and we just drill it in there and let God help our minds to be renewed to it, I'm going to tell you what, thanksgiving is going to become the anthem of your life. You're going to be doing more thanking than begging. You're going to be doing more thanking than asking. Your asking is going to become thanking because you, oh, by whose stripes you were healed? Oh, we're healed. Hallelujah. So worry me, I ain't trying to be, I am. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of what do it. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Hallelujah. Let's take a few moments just to give God some thanks. Come on, let's do Hallelujah. it. I mean, whatever you got going, let's just thank him. Thank him for what he's done. Let's thank him. Thank you. Let's just thank the Lord. All right, we're going to clap. Now, let's stand up and let's, let's, let's lift our hands and open up our mouths and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for everything good, Lord. Even though I may not feel like doing it right now, I'm just going to thank you anyway. Because you said, in everything, give thanks. So whatever my circumstances are right now, in them, I'm going to thank you that I am alive, I'm living, I'm well, I'm victorious. I thank you that my knees are met. I thank you that I have wisdom. I thank you that my eyes are open. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for changing hearts and minds of people that are running in disobedience. I thank you for working, Lord. You're always working. And you're working in me, the willing to do of your good pleasure. So I'm thanking you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for strengthening my life. Thank you for infusions of strength in my life right now. I need infusions of your strength. And so I thank you for that because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I thank you right now. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. 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 I'm not a depressed person. I am victorious. I thank you for the victory. I thank you for the victory. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You might be in an environment where don't nobody care about giving God thanks. Do it anyway. I tell you, step in the middle of that place and start lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, it will change the environment. I've done it. I know what it will do. It'll do it in the gym. It'll do it in the grocery store. It'll do it in the gas station. It'll do it anywhere. Time to start taking the dominion you have and taking it out. Don't be ashamed of giving thanks to God. People need to hear it, and they know they need to hear it. Changes situations and atmospheres and environments. It changes it. Because you bring the presence of God when you do that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Chains will fall. Thank you, Lord. People's eyes will be opened. Hallelujah. Those who oppress you will have to stop or get out of the way. Now we've seen it. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, we're talking about where one, one guy in the store that was against what you were doing and leaving it. He ain't there no more. He tried to shut it down. He said, don't bring that stuff in the workplace. I saw him working in another store myself. See, you can't play with this stuff. People can't come against this stuff and succeed, not if we stand and do what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. 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 Come 
You know about Africa, don't you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do it. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.